And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh my lord, look out. It is another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We are ready to go. What? 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 Josh? Hashtag and still, baby. Hashtag and, and still, still, baby. There you go. And still. Well, hanging in, just being special. How was your weekend? You went partying. Yeah, it wasn't. John, this is what I realized. When you get to like at this age now. Here it comes. We were... We were in bed by eleven thirty. <laughs> what happened was we had a, we had a really we had hold a nice it, really on, nice dinner. Yeah, stop, stop. Hold yes. on. John. You were at a bachelor party. Yeah, and you were in bed by eleven thirty. You didn't even make it to the next night. You didn't make you didn't make it past midnight. No, no. John, John, I, I wouldn't even say I was in bed by eleven thirty. John, I was asleep by eleven thirty. <laughs> I wasn't just in bed; I was knocked out. I was like this. Uh, when did you start? It was oh, if you like, started at nine was, a.m. I'll, I'll kind of give uh, it to you. Yeah, we did, we did, because I landed. I think like around nine, uh, ten thirty. I landed, so we we started there because we couldn't check into our Airbnb until uh, four, but we we went in early anyways at like two. So we started, we started a little early. We kind of had some drinks at the airport, San Diego airport. There's a little bar right outside where you get your bags. So you, we just stopped there, got some drinks, got a little bit of food. Then we uh, kind of drove around, uh, grabbed the uh, Uber and they drove us all around, you know, the beach, cut, hit a couple little spots. And then we to get a couple more drinks. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty chill. I mean, it wasn't a, you know, we didn't go all out. It was just one of those things where, you know he's he's pushing fifth or he is fifty I think now he's fifty now and he's getting married for the yeah, first time. It's you're like, you're pushing fifty too, dude. <laughs> yes, yes I am, buddy. But no, I'm just laughing because I go I go, bro. You, this is bachelor parties are for people in their twenties and their thirties. This is not for fifty year olds, man. You picked like you're not supposed to be getting you know having your bachelor parties at fifty years old. But we had a great time, man. It was good. Friday was a little like slower pace. We had a good dinner at STK down in uh, San Diego. It was nice. Food was the steak was actually pretty damn good. Got a small, I can't remember what it was called, but a small little um, gaslight district. Small little cut. Yeah, it was like yeah, right. It was right in the gaslight. Yeah, it was nice. It was cool, man. We had a, we had a good time. It was good, chill. Saturday was a little bit more uh, tempo. One of his other guys came in on Saturday because he couldn't get out of Vegas in time on Monday on Friday. So it was good. It was chill. Uh, you know, uh, we we went to this place. It was called it was called Happy Head Massage or something like that. <laughs> Which head? So we went and got well. Yeah, yes, exactly. So I took a photo of all of us in front of the massage place and sent it to his wife. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she was there. It was a co-ed, so they they had the girls were off doing their thing and the guys were off doing our thing, and it was cool. It was good to get out. It was fucking freezing there, San Diego. Everything was, it was cold. It was like I mean, See, it was like now, yeah, it was like you, in the high seventies. Look at you, and then it you're all at night, you, you're all cold. Texas, you're all Texas made now, man. You you can handle the heat. You need the heat. <laughs> it was I actually kind of felt kind of good to get off the plane and be like, fuck, it's warm. Thank <laughs> gosh, man. Jeez. Uh, but John, man, it was uh, you know, I was uh watching the fights, you know, between drinks here and there, and every little bar we had, and then I also went back through and watched uh, a couple of the other ones on the on my phone on the airplane today. And uh, there was a couple fights that really stood out to me. The card was a so-so oh. card, um, but there, there was, was a there couple was a... of just what do you call? I call them snobber blockers. Just snobber guys, slobber just, knockers, slobber knockers, snobber blocker, whatever, <laughs> snobber knocker, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah, can't even <laughs> say it right, but yeah, ones where the snots coming out of the nose and the spits flying everywhere. It's the those are the ones that you. It's kind of disgusting if you're a referee because you get hit a lot with it. <laughs> you go, that's awesome because man, guys are just getting whacked. There was, we'll talk about the ones that you thought were and the ones that I thought were, but there was a uh, there was some really outstanding performances by a couple of people. A couple of fights didn't really hash out the way you think, yeah. but Tom Aspinall looked fantastic coming off, and you know it was kind of funny because you had mentioned the first thing when when he came out and he threw a kick and he threw a hard kick. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, Tom Aspinall's been listening to Josh Thompson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the great minds do, buddy. What can I say? Yeah, I don't okay, want to there you go. Home, there you go hey. Because 
Yeah, he threw that and it was like, yep, I'm back in this. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah. He looked fantastic. Well, before we get started on this card and we talk about the main event, let's go to uh, OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. It is free. We want to thank you guys for following us. We've, we've got quite a few subscribers now. I think we're pushing about 500, which is nice. Like I said, we're the first podcast they've ever uh, worked with and, and sponsored. And uh, we're looking to bring over some more uh, fighters to their platform, man, and make some money. That's what everyone's doing right now. It's, doing, it's been fantastic. They're doing a great job trying to get into the MMA market. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for these fighters to make a little extra cash. We are back. We had a little break and a pause, but we're going to go. We're, we're just going to go right into this, man. We had the Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tarbura fight. John, is it what you expected? Is it what you expected from Tom Aspinall on his return? Is it what you expected from him on the feet against someone like Tarbura? Uh, you say, is it what I expected? Yeah. No. Is it what I wanted to see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see him come out and not have any kind of hesitation like I'm coming off an injury, anything like that. And you had talked about it. You would say, man, he's got to go out there and you know what? Throw a hard kick, man. Land a hard kick and, and know that that knee is going to be good. First thing he did, man, he went out there, wham. And then he threw a couple of them. And uh, I mean, you could see right away to Tybura, who is a good fighter. I really, I really respect his skills. And, you know, he's, he's never that guy that is, uh, Starts out and just overpowers people. He's the guy that he kind of accepts a lot and just starts wearing people down. And then he takes over in the fight. He was never able to even get on track mm -hmm. with Aspinall. Aspinall just took over, you know, hit him with big, heavy shots that had him hesitating. And then, you know, th just the series that put Tybura down. And you look at it, throwing the elbow the way he did, getting in close, throwing that really nice elbow. And then the right hand right through the gap. I mean, hey, he looked fantastic. He looked like the guy that everyone expected, you know, a year ago. And he and he's, you know, sitting there saying, "Look, I'm completely different. I'm way better than I, I used to be." And and off of that performance, mm -hmm. you can't say he's full of shit. He looked great. He looked just absolutely dominant. When I look, then at he my... went. Then he went and he did, you know, that little comment at the end. Yeah. You know, I want the winner of Cyril Khan. And Spivak. Yeah, the and winner Spivik. of that fight. And yeah. then whoever wins that, then I want the winner of John Jones and Stipe. Wow. Got it all laid out, man. He's he's got right. a he's 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 got a goal and he's looking to accomplish it. I also look at um I, I take a look at a lot. I know I bring I know I bring myself up a lot in these type of situations, but because I've been through this. I was on a rise, feeling really good. Tore my shoulder, then ended up fighting Gilbert on my first fight back to win the title. That feeling, though, is that you feel like you're you're on a roll. The motivation to get back faster, to do the condition, to do the therapy, to make sure that it's a hundred percent, to make sure you're strengthening. I would lay in bed just strengthening my shoulder with like a little, uh, you know, in the real way. But I would I would say I would use the bands, but I would just well, you would but, use something, you know. But I was it's doing elastic. all different types of exercise, yeah, all different types of exercises, you know, to strengthen my shoulder, and um, and I feel like he left on a on on such a high note on terms of like he he knew what his level was, he knew that there was the potential of him getting to that title. He knows that the money fight is in John Jones. If John Jones leaves oh. before he gets there, there's no money fight. He's not getting that that. He's not going to be able to ask for that extra money. I mean, he will a little bit because he's doing so well. He's such a marketable face, especially in the UK market. But I really believe that he understands and he knows that he's got to get there before John Jones walks out. And, and I think it makes it look. And I know John is John, but it's just I like to see the confidence in, in someone like this. He he walks around a little swagger in him. He was in that cage with a little bit of that swagger. And um, oh, yeah. you could tell he was eager. He was eager to get back into the cage. You could tell he did all of his work in terms of his footwork. Just because his just because of his knee was hurt, he looked good with the hands. I mean, he could have been just standing in one spot, working on his his you know side to side shoulder movement. He was moving his head offline. He tends to leave his chin a little high in the air. You got to be careful. You when you do get to guys like uh, like Jones or um, uh, the other big heavyweight uh, Russian that was at AK for a while. No, Sorogan oh, also uh, him. Uh, Pavlovich. Pub. When you get to those guys, those guys can crack and they're very accurate with their strikes. And so you can't afford to leave your chin up in the air like that. But look, those are little details that he can get fixed 
And uh, sometimes fighters just have that way about them, though. That's how they relax out there. That's how they stay, you know, light on their toes. That's how they try to roll with the punches. I thought he looked fantastic. He made Tybura look like he didn't belong in there, which he didn't belong in there with him. He was light on the feet. I was, when we talked last week, I said, Tybura, I think, is going to have a little bit of the edge on the feet. But I wanted to see how much of the the speed difference was. And that speed difference was huge. You could see that Tybura just had no answer he was like basically the Chris, you know, Chris Tucker. Which one of y'all hit me? Didn't know where which the punches. Were, didn't know where the punches were coming from. Man, like I said, I said this. I don't know how many times. I've got high hopes for Tom Aspinall. I, I love watching him fight. He's he's going to be a fun fight, a fun fighter to watch uh, progress over the years. I also think though that Tom Aspinall, and I know I can't compare Tybura with Cyril Gone, but that Tom Aspinall, I think he beats. Beats uh, Cyril Gon on the feet. It's going to be. I think Gon's going to have the the advantage, but I think the speed of which Aspinall is able to mix that up and then mix it in with the wrestling and leaps and bounds better than Cyril Gon on the on the ground. Leaps and bounds. No doubt. And so, um, it's look look if you can nullify the stand up enough to get into those clinches and really try to hang on, uh, hang on Cyril Gon and really try to make him work and defend the takedowns. The takedowns will start to come a little bit more. Uh, easily, easily. And if he's able to do that, the submission game, the control, the, the, the striking on the feet will start to open up. And I know that's down the line, but I, the way he made it out to be, I'm going to be there front row at that fight because I want to fight the winner. Whew. Man, I mean, he's, he's got goals and he's setting them and he's let the UFC know this is my plan. And hopefully you guys are, uh, following along. And, uh, that's, that's refreshing to hear of, from a fighter. Oh, yes. It's refreshing. Yeah. This is what my game plan is. This is what I'm set out to do. And now all the focus now, next time he steps, you know, in the cage or every time we see him, he's there because he wants to see who the winner of this fight is. He wants to know if that's the person he's fighting next. That's why he's there. Like it may, it all makes sense. He's a man with a, with a bright future. Looking forward to it. The man with a plan. Yes. Yes. And he's putting it out there. Uh, it was a super impressive performance. What seventy three seconds? I want to say overall, but I mean, just yeah, just crazy how dominant those seventy three seconds were against a guy that we've seen is a good heavyweight fighter. He's a solid heavyweight fighter. So you know, nothing against Marcin Tiburo. He's a, he's a hell of a fighter. Just was out of his league with Aspinall in that fight. So, all right, we had Julia I mean, John, but, but John. John, I've been I've I've got two kids by being dominant for seventy three seconds. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> two babies by the head, baby. You got two babies by the head. Is that seventy three nah. seconds all in or seventy three seconds each? All in, brother. All in. That's all in. That's like that's from getting the clothes off to get. <laughs> it's the whole thing, whole kick that kaboom, was also, buddy. That was also wiping off the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, next Done. fight, man. All right, we had Julia Stolarenko. I'm horrible with her name. Taking on Molly McCann. That was a fight that I thought was set up for Molly to uh, shine in. Man, I'll tell you what. Julia just came out there and had confidence in her ground. And when it hit the ground, she went after that arm. But you could see what she was trying to you know, set up. And yeah. she did. You know, uh, there was mistakes made by Molly. You could see that, you know, helped with uh, making that thing become uh, a reality. But, you know, hey, this is someone when you look and, you know, going to the flyweight division, taking on someone in their hometown, that's a tough fight. She said she wanted to silence the crowd. She did just that. Yeah, I think um, I think that Stoli Ranko, she, she looked good. I thought she looked great on the feet. She was having some good exchanges. Once once the, the fight hit the ground, there's just different levels. Different levels. The exchanges, the role. Like the way Molly tried to defend, your your cage awareness needs to be more intact. Your face she down. She's, way. Yeah, her opponent's got the face down arm bar, and you decided to roll through instead of instead of like pushing the foot down, maybe stepping yep. over the body and just laying flat on top of them to keep them down. Little details like that. And then the roll through where she rolled through, she rolled through all the way to the fence. You know, there was just, even if she wanted to roll all the way through, she wasn't, she wasn't going to be able to. So that's yep. just has to do with cage awareness and where you're at. It's a, she made a mistake. Uh, you know, it cost yep. her the fight. 
But Molly will be back, man. She's one of those fighters that she's got a big following, you know, over in the UK. She's going to continue to have a big following. She's got the great personality. She's fun to be around. She's a she's a yep. sun a ray of sunshine, man. She's awesome. But I think the night she's belongs always to positive. yeah, she's always positive. And then the night belonged to Sterling Rico, man. She fought a great fight. She was smart, smooth, put pressure on Molly. I think I think I think Molly thought she was gonna be the one coming out putting the pressure, making her fight with on her back foot. And Sterling Rico came out and made her fight with her on her back foot. She looked very uncomfortable right off the bat. Molly did, and right yeah, that she was led throw, in just throwing big heavy shots when she mm-hmm. was you know trying to get, and it was like. Take your time. Mm-hmm. You got a lot, lots of time, lots yep. of time in the fight here. First round, so that just happens. You know, it's uh, like you said, she'll come back. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a very nice and a big win for Stoliarenko. Got it. Next fight. I, I love this fight. Nathaniel Wood against Andre Feely. You know, we had watched Nathaniel Wood move from bantamweight to featherweight when uh, in his last fight, and he fought a terrific fight. So going up against Andre Feely, I was like. Look, I've seen yeah, I've seen that he's uh, been able to fight at featherweight, but Andre Feely's long. Mm-hmm. But there was a definite disparity in speed. Mm-hmm. And that eventually became a, a factor in the fight. I thought that Feely, with his length, was using his jab well and everything. But how fast some of the shots came from Nathaniel Wood caught Feely off guard in that first round. It was a you know nice job of recovering from it, but you know, Feely definitely lost the first round. Then he comes back. And he hurts. Wood, that was a beautiful shot. Went for the choke. Wood came out on top of it, but second round definitely went to uh, Andre Feely. And then the third round, you could take a look. Yeah, you know, I'm being honest. I thought I thought they were right in giving Nathaniel Wood the uh, decision. I thought he landed the heavier shots in the third round, and that was really yeah. the difference maker in that third round. Yeah, I noticed that in the second and the third round, Feely started to open up, was having success, but then he, as he started to get tired, he started just going to love one punch, one jab, one hook, and then it's hard to get anything going. So anytime they also landed, Wood would kind of land on Feely and Feely would kind of like shell up a little bit and back away. Whereas yeah. it, it just, the speed was obviously the difference, even as the fight was going on, but Feely just, he, just was missing just by enough to where it wasn't enough to get I, to get the judge's decision. I look at it though, John. Like it was a close fight as as the fight went on, it started to become a close fight. But um, I agree with you. I think uh, Nathaniel Wood definitely deserved to win the fight. There was yeah, a couple was of a, fights you know, during this night that were super close. Oh, absolutely. Ones that you could look at and you know people go, oh, you know the one between uh, Jai Herbert and mm-hmm. Frias Zion. I mean. That could have gone either way. There was moments that Herbert was fantastic, moments that Zion was fantastic. So close. You, know, you can't sit there and complain. If you're going to sit there no. and say, oh, I got robbed. No, you didn't get robbed. It was no. Goddamn, no. so close. You know, I thought that uh, Nathaniel Wood squeaked it by, but I know Feely was upset by it, but it was really super fight by both guys. Yeah. And the Scottish Paul, guy, Paul Craig. Hey. Uh, I got I got to give it to Podcast Dave. His his countrymen absolutely looked great at 185. He did not look depleted. He didn't look depleted at all. I, I looked at him at the weigh-ins and I was like, you know what? He actually looks good. He didn't look uh, in any way like he struggled to make that weight. And then I got to give him credit, Josh. His stand-up, although it's still a little bit stiff, <laughs> a little. It looked way better than it did before. <laughs> Yeah, he looked way better than think, he did I before. Think, he actually looked like he wasn't struggling on the feet. He was he was he was confident yeah. in his ability on the feet, and he had some good exchanges. You know, obviously he wants to get the fight to the ground, but against Muniz, you're looking at another guy that you know is good. I saw someone said you know, that Paul Craig demonstrated he has no top game, and I'm like, have you lost your mind? Yeah, you know. But I thought he looked fantastic. Um, yeah. The strike, like the striking, is real stiff. Still, uh, he leaves his chin. You know, he kind of dips his head a lot to get hit with uppercuts when he punches in. Um, you know, but look, these are all things that it just depends on who they match him up against. You know, he's but gonna you get could that. see that there was improvement. There, you can there definitely was. see there was improvement in it. How much of that improvement is because he feels like because he feels like he's probably the bigger fighter now, whereas before he didn't feel like the bigger fighter. Maybe it's because he felt like those guys at 205, they seem to have a little bit more power than those guys at 185. And when you, I, I, I'm thinking that like 
like I said, John, we've talked about you. You think cutting weight is a bad thing. You know, it like leads to being, you know, like kind of depleting your body, going into that third or that fourth round, those type of things. But I will yeah. always continue to say the same thing when it comes to cutting weight. For me, it was a mental switch. If you get through this and you make the weight, which every time I did, it was a confidence builder. The hard part is over now. Now it's time to go out there and have fun. And I felt like it was like it was winning that first battle. As DC, DC used to say that. He's like, as soon as I was done making my weight, it was like winning the first battle. The first part, the, the, the battle's over. Like, and now I get into the war part and the fun part, whatever you want to call it. For me, it was fun. But it seemed like the, the hardest part for him in this whole thing was him wondering if he's going to make weight. And once that was lifted off of his shoulders, he walked in with a little swagger about him. Oh, yeah, swagger. You can take a look at the weigh-ins. There was some heat between the two. And then I, I actually liked, you know, at the start before the fight, they're sitting there and, you know, they're, they're mad dogging each other, you know, right next to each other. Buffer's trying to do his little shtick in between. But it was like, hey, he had confidence going into the fight. And then he proved it because he came out with a really nice win. That was a good, you know, once he did get on top, the elbows that he landed were heavy. You can take a look at Muniz. He had some beautiful eggs on his forehead from those so you know they landed they landed with power so it was a really nice win for paul craig i was very impressed he absolutely proved me wrong and that he was well set up to make that 185 pounds got it Bad time. all right next Ferris Zayam against jai herbert we kind of you know just kind of just broached on this fight i really like jai herbert and his stand-up and Zion did a great job with his. They're, these guys matched up incredibly mm. well. And the one difference that I want to say, every time Jai Herbert went for the takedown, it always looked like he ended up in the worst position. He always ended up, you know, he got, I don't want to say out-muscled, but he got out-leveraged by someone putting their hands in the proper position, getting the underhook the right way, uh, you know, uh, giving a little bit of a lean on the leg, almost a knee tap at times. He, he lost those clinch situations that I think in the end was the difference in the fight. Uh, I could see I could see why you think that way. Um, I could see making a good point that way. Um, but I also look at it, though, too, as almost as if, like, he doesn't believe in himself sometimes, John, when he fights. Like, I yeah. saw this, this fight was he had moments on the feet but then he would back out of it after he landed a shot. It was almost like either admiring his work or being afraid of, be oh, I landed the shot. The guy's going to hit me right back, so let me get out. He wasn't chaining things together very well. And he's a way better striker than he showed. And I, I don't know if the focus was to, to try to get the takedown or if he maybe he felt the power of, uh, how do you say his last name? Ziam? Ziam? Ziam, yeah. Yeah, have he felt the power of him? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it was, but for some some reason, you know, threatening the takedown is one thing, but forcing it to the point where you're leaving yourself out of position is just it's just not high fight IQ. And so I, I don't understand what the thought process was behind it, and the coaches in the corner and all these things. I understand threatening the takedowns. I've always said that. I always think every fighter should yeah. threaten takedowns, especially when you're fighting a good kickboxer, which uh, Ziam is. Like I would have, I would have. Uh, I would have threatened him as well, but he just, he just was forcing it so much. Like you said, leaving it and it ended up getting the, the shit end of the stick on, on most of those exchanges. So, yeah. um, when I'm looking at, when I look at this fight, uh, it was, it was a very close fight, but I saw the, all the, all the defensive positions from Zion is actually what led up to him winning. Cause that really just kind of stole the confidence of Jai Herbert. And it just didn't look good in terms of the judges. Like, hey, every time he tried to get the takedown, didn't get it. Then on top of it, I would end up in a better position or I ended up getting space and making it away. And I also thought that Zion, off of a lot of the breaks, had landed some great elbows. Every oh, time yeah. they got out of the break, every time they started to get out of the clinch and they broke, Zion landed some big elbows or a big shot coming out. And that's the last thing the judges remember in terms of that exchange. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a, I thought the, the judges got it right. All right, we had Lerone Murphy against Joshua Kuliabau, who I really enjoyed watching fight because he doesn't, he's one of those guys no one gives enough credit to. He is a very good stand up fighter, tough guy. And we know how physically athletic Murphy is. And I think that was just 
possibly the difference in this that Murphy had moments where just the speed and the accuracy, and then he was able to get a hold of Kuliabao, take him to the ground, get his back, and just make him work out of his comfort zone and just slowly, systematically start to dismantle him. And I thought Murphy did a great job of showing, you know what, he's not just this athletic guy that's got striking. He's got good grappling. He understands how to get that position. He understands how to maintain the position. Uh, he went for, you know, taking the back a couple of times that didn't work for him and stuff, and he needs to figure out a couple things to do with his hands as far as getting his hands free. But he really looked good. John, I feel like maybe something was wrong with Kulibau, or he just, the conditioning wasn't as on point as it normally is. Something was, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Murphy. I thought Murphy fought a great fight. I thought Kulibau had moments where he could have started getting away from, started to separate himself from winning the fight. And he just didn't do it. Felt like he started getting tired. Felt like maybe he was getting muscled around. Maybe you're right. Maybe he, the athleticism and the strength got to him a little bit. Because Kulibau is one of those guys, when you look at him, he doesn't look the part as a fighter. I'd be like, yeah, I'd whoop that dude's ass if we were out, if we were out yeah. in the street. Right? Like, Tough dude. I'll smash that kid. Yeah, yeah, this kid can fight. He's yes, very he good. He's very good on the feet. Yeah. He's got good takedown defense. It just seemed like something was off. And even his coaches yeah. and his corners and then were, were kind of, uh, you know, asking him, are you okay? Is something wrong? What's bo- Is your hand bothering you? Is your back bothering What's What's going on? No no answers. No response. Not one time did he respond to them. So, I don't know. Maybe we're going to get a report that he broke his hand or, you know, he tweaked his knee or something. I don't know. Something along. I, I feel like there's something there because he looked exhausted at the end of that fight. I've seen him fight a lot harder, you know, in other fights. And... But that it really does come down to who you're fighting, though, in those situations. It does. You can fight really hard if they, you know, if you're the one dictating the dance, you don't get as tired as when you're not dictating the dance. And so, uh, this was a situation where Murphy was, Murphy was, uh, I felt like you said, putting the pressure, having the physical strengths and the attributes to really kind of frustrate Kulibau and make him, uh, fatigue. Cause then he just started shutting yeah. down. And then that's when Murphy was able to start running away with it. So good for him, buddy. Yeah. Good for him. Good fight. Yeah. Still undefeated. Yeah. Daniel Marcos against Davy Grant. Uh, this is a fight that I'll be I'm being honest. I thought Davy Grant won the fight. Mm. I thought it was a close fight. I thought uh, they both had their times, but I thought that uh, uh, Davy Grant was. There's no doubt he was the aggressor. He just landed. He he threw yeah. more and landed more. And you take a look. Neither guy actually damaged. You know, the other one, you know, you can talk about, a, you know, the cut on the nose or something like that. That's that's no big deal. That's not, you know, a lot of damage. Neither guy did anything that was, oh, that's, you know, that's easily giving him the round. And so I look and I go, in my mind, I thought I thought Davey Grant did enough in that fight to uh, take it. But it was a split decision the other way to Daniel Marcos. You know, John, here, scroll back up a little bit there, Dave, for me, please. Yeah, right there. That's good. That's good. No, back. We're just a tiny bit. Yeah, geez, it's not the whole card. Come on, buddy. Uh, look, to go on with uh, Herbert and Zion and then Murphy and Kuliabao and then Marcos and Grant, all three of those fighters, all three of them. Six. You you all had moments to uh, win that all fight. Six of those fighters. Yeah, six of all those six fighters. Of, so all yeah. three of those fights. All six of those fighters. You guys had moments to win that fight and run away with it. And you chose not to. You chose to play it safe. And, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not trying to say how, hey, you got to go out there and be Michael Chandler's, you know, and fight stupid. I'm just simply saying that. We'll, we'll talk about that yeah, fight. But, which is next, actually. But it was, well, yeah. the, but the biggest thing is the UFC's in, they're tallying this up. You had opportunities to win. You had opportunities to push the pace. You knew the fight was close in the third round, and you didn't take any chances. You didn't do anything spectacular. You didn't try to do anything to really steal it from the judges. They keep that shit in their database, and then you're going to end up like Caitlin Vieira on being the second fight of the night on the card, you know, or the third fight or fourth fight, whatever she was. Yeah. You go from being the rank number four ranked fighter to where they're not happy with you anymore because you're not really showing, you're not showing out and getting finishes like you should be, or at least pushing the pace in the action, then you're going to end up being lower on the totem pole. You're going to be first, second, yeah. third fight of the prelims. You'll be on the prelims of the prelims of the undercard. Okay? You're That's back how to bad fighting it get. your way onto the main card. That's it. Exactly. So you guys can't, especially when this is a card that's not stacked with a bunch of big names, this was your opportunity to shine and say, hey, you know what? They brought a lot of action 
that I, now I can say, you know what, I'm going to probably put them, you know, is the main event on the prelims or the co-main event on the prelims or maybe even the opening fight on the main card, main card. You never know. But all six of those fighters, you guys got to come up with an answer, buddy, because something wasn't there for you guys. You guys fought great fights. Like you, guys, you guys fought, you guys fought good, but you got to do that little extra because you don't want to leave it in the judges. That's really what it comes down to. And they, like I said, the UFC's tallying that up in their mind, going, okay, that one time he fought that guy, he didn't really do anything. Next fight, eh, maybe we'll put him a little bit lower. That's what they're thinking. Matchmakers yeah, think that is. way. But let me just tell you, these this next fight, Johnny Parsons. <laughs> this is what they're looking for. Danny Roberts, this is what they're looking for. This John- is what they're looking for. I'll tell you what, that was uh, a... Yeah. That it was absolutely action packed. They were going after it. Danny Roberts, this what I, I was talking to you off. I said, Danny Roberts had to have a conversation with Michael Chandler because he did not care about any kind of defense. It was, I'm, I'm going out and I'm going to sling and I'm going to put everything on the line and I'm going to stand there and take shots. And if I end up going down, I go down. Well, that's in the end. That's what happened. Johnny Parsons put him down. You know, I, yeah, kind of looked like uh, Danny Roberts was a little upset with the stoppage. It's like, you can't be upset with that, no. dude. You were hurt. You could see that you were hurt. You were taking shots, and all of a sudden, you were just in a cover-up position. And after the damage that you had already accepted, they're going to stop the fight. So, yeah. I mean, all you can say is, hey, thank you very much to both of you. You put on one hell of a performance. You both got hurt. You both went after it. You both were just fucking dogs in that i mean just savages as far as the way they went about the fight i've just seen danny roberts be a lot more intelligent as a fighter than what i saw him in that one but goddamn dude you know big balls and, and great performance as far as it was fun to watch well i had danny was danny won the first round and he was winning the, the yep. it wasn't winning this round but it was a close round nah, back and forth but it was close <clears throat> and then parsons dropped him uh, in one of the exchanges, then also hit him with a couple big shots that kind of wobbled him a little bit, and then he finally finished him and put him away at the end. But Johnny Parsons reminds me of Joe Dirt. I don't know what it is, something about it, the mullet, all the stuff, but I mean, <laughs> it just it reminded me of Joe Dirt. And to see him come out there and just, in the first round, he just kind of covered up, shelled up a little bit, let Roberts use a lot of his energy. And as you saw the fight going on, Roberts became more hittable. And then he was starting to load up too as he got a little bit more tired because he was trying to get that. He's trying to get those punches and those strikes there faster and harder as the fight went on. And that ultimately led to him getting clipped and sat to his ass. And so when you're, when you start to get tired and you start loading up more, you start opening up more, your opponent starts seeing you squat down, open the hand a little bit more, shoulder opens up. And now they're, now I can see when the punches are coming. And that's exactly what Parsons was doing. He was, he was letting him get off in the first round. But he knew that Roberts was going to slow down in that second round, start making some mistakes because Parsons' man would stay tight with his defense, stay tight with his combinations. I mean, there was one shot he got he got hit that he dropped Roberts with or rocked Roberts with. I was like, what did he hit him with? I had to go back and rewind it two or three Dude, times. Like, what I was going to say, hit look at his counter. His counter strikes were, yeah. were really clean. And, yep. and he had a variety too. He didn't just hit him with the hands. He was throwing knees inside. He did a lot of nice little things that, you know, yep. it was – keeping Danny, you know, Roberts guessing on what was coming. So, you know, Johnny Parsons, yeah. he's got a full toolbox, man. He he, under, he understands how to fight, and, and he did a great job of making Danny work past that comfort zone. And then once he got hurt, it was trouble. Johnny Parsons, no one of them guys, man, like cool about that. I'd be like, man, I'll fuck that dude yeah. up. Yeah, right, <laughs> that guy. That guy's got a beard on him, too, because, look, I'm not, I well, can't just give it all. Yeah, Roberts landed some clean, hard shots oh, in some yeah. of those exchanges. And Parsons, you yep. could tell, it, it kind of hurt him a little bit because he took a couple steps he got back. Stung. And yeah, it was it was a good fight, man. It was good. Both of them made some mistakes, but both of them had some good, nice, hard, clean shots that landed. They took them like champs, you know. And uh, but let me ask you this though, John. Let's see. Three seconds left in the second round. The refs don't even pay attention to that. I know we've had this conversation multiple times. But he was covered up. He was kind of still defending himself a little bit when the ref stopped it. Seconds? Really? Give him that time? What position was uh, he in? I don't think he was on all and, fours, you, right? He, he, he was on all fours. Okay. Take a look at what happened. He got he was stiff-legged. 
he was doing the stanky dance yeah, for yeah. a little bit there, yeah. right? And then he ends up getting sat down with a hard shot, mm-hmm. and he rolls over, right, and takes a big shot as Parsons oh, yeah. comes down on him, and then just takes his hand and, and starts to cover up, and that's why mm. they're they're gonna they're not they're not thinking about the time at that point. They know there's little, but you take a look and you sit there and you go, how many shots can someone land in three seconds of time? Yeah. Well, I can guarantee you they can land a lot. So. Yeah. I can understand. Uh, there was a guy that was um, on Twitter and uh, was he was talking some smack about uh, Jason Herzog. Something to do with like uh, letting letting uh, Molly McCann. Oh, that was. Barn. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, not stopping it. Yeah, not stopping it fast time. enough. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, it's 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 a big problem when you got people on social media calling out refs like that over something that happens in a split second. And even even Herzog is like, look, I had my, I was trying to get a circle back around to the to my spot that I needed to be in. He's like, I didn't expect her to roll through, and she did. And what then, happens exactly? What yeah. happens is you're standing exactly where you need to be, mm-hmm. and then the fighter does something that you don't expect them to do. It's yeah. something you're thinking that's not the way that you want to move, but the fighter does it, so you back out, and all of a sudden the the fighter's tapping, and it's yeah. you're coming in, and you're late. You know? Yeah, because he had to stand happens. up and he had to circle around to the other side because she rolled yeah. through, and by Come then through, yeah. she was already tapping. And I said, you know, the thing is. In those scenarios, those situations, it's a split second. Molly's Molly's arms going to be a little sore, probably, but she'll be all right. Um, but we got to we got to stop calling out the refs uh, for situations like that. Now, if it was a like if you say, remember the guy from San Antonio where the guy was choked out for three minutes? Okay, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's your job? Like you're you're calling out one of the best refs, if not the best ref in the game right now. You know what I mean? Like, well, he's that's, top that's, two or three. The reason he's calling him out is because it. he could do so much better. Oh, because God. he's <laughs> just so good, and he, you know, just put him in there. Let me show you. You know, I used to. I, you know, it was great because I used. To, you know, when I would teach class, I would you know take guys and and put them in with real fighters, and tell the fighters what I wanted them to do. You know, and what fouls I wanted them to commit and everything. And I would always start off the, you know, the class with, hey, I would take one of the ones, one of the guys that was one of the better ones, right? And I would put everyone around the cage and have the fighters. And I would say, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And, and just name off all these fouls. And, and when they do them, you know, they're, they're grabbing the shorts and they're letting them go. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they're just doing all these little fouls. <laughs> and you go and it was inevitable. You know, the guy with you, all right, time, boom, you know, end of the round. Okay, tell me what fouls did were any did any fouls occur? And we just had a series of twenty fouls committed, right? Guys like nope, yeah. didn't didn't see any, didn't see one. I said, all right, anybody on the outside see a foul? Everyone was going, everyone's hands are up. He's going, what fouls? There were no fouls. It's like, oh, it's so easy to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit different when you're the one in charge. Well, because what happens is a lot of those people they get in there and they just start watching the fight. They're not wrecking yeah. the fight. They're just exactly. sitting there watching and go, wow, that was cool. Look at that arm bar. This Look at that cool. hit transition. Look at the way he pulled guard. Look at the way he got back to his feet. They didn't see that he grabbed the fence to get his ass back to his feet. They just saw that he stood up. All of them. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. But I get that, it. Yeah. Uh, John, so is, there, is there any other fights on here you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I want to say the, the Joel Alvarez versus Mark Diacassi fight. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one, if you're going to take a look, it did end. You should be the guy talking about this one because – there was a head clash. You saw the head clash, and the referee called it off and said, "Nope, it was a legal blow." As Diakessi actually put his, you know, hand to the back of his head, and then that started the downhill cycle for uh, Mark. And then Joel Alvarez was able to lock in the Darce choke and, and get the tap. But it was a definite clash of the heads. It was something that you know it should have been where Diakessi got some time to recover from just, you know, and and you never know, you know, which guy is going to get hurt with the clash of heads. It could be neither one of them do. It could be just one of them. It could be both of them, but it's not an easy thing to see when you have people in motion. It's easy to see on the replays, but it's not an easy easy thing to see. So I understand why Daniel, uh, the referee missed it and stuff, but unfortunately for that one, they should have gone to a replay. Yeah, why didn't they? they I saw Jason Herzog was watching the replay. Why? What was the conversation? Referee the has got 
Referee has got to ask for that replay. Referee's got to ask for it. That okay. Look, the, the NFL. Go the ahead. one thing that they've started doing that I really like the NFL is they go to their they go to the ref that's in New York or wherever the fuck he's at, and they and <laughs> yeah. they say, hey, you know what? What do you think? And you've got one there, and you've got the you've got one or two on the sidelines also that go in and watch yep. the replay, and they make the right call. This is yeah. one of those that's, scenarios, well, see, situations. Isn't it? You, you you always hope that it's about getting it right. And what the problem is, is most athletic commissions or most places, you know, the, um, the statement is going to be that the referee is the sole arbiter. That's what, you, that's the, the name that they're going to put out there, meaning that they're the only person to make a determination on how the fight ends. And if the referee wants to ask for that replay and take a look at it, he can do that. If he says, nope, I saw it and I'm good then there will be no replay. And in that one, no replay was asked for. And that's why you had the outcome that there was, even though there was the, the clash of heads. Yeah. The thing is though, is that there should be the outside ref that has, <laughs> has a little bit more say than if they look, there was a clash. We saw No, there was a clash. What did we I just tell it. you? Sole arbiter. Yeah. Can't be that way. Yeah, the, the main focus. Should no, it has be, to be that way. The, the main it, it focus should that always way. be right. But, you, but what you're right in is the referee inside of that cage has the ability to talk to his second. There's always a secondary referee. And and if that secondary referee says, hey, I, there was a clash of heads. You might want to look at it, something like that. Don't. This is, this is not about you know egos. This is about getting it right. You need to listen and to them and go to the replay. That's exactly what got in the way. Was the ego? Yeah. No, no. I saw. It. I, I, I made the call already. Nope. I'm going to leave nope. it that way. Nope. Exactly. You're talking about people's careers, whether he gets, whether yeah. he gets his win money or not. Yeah. Like, there's just there's a lot going on, you know, uh, in that moment that you've got to get it right. And it just seemed to me the ref let his ego get in the way, and it ultimately, I mean, we don't know, but it ultimately cost uh, Mark Tikas, Tikasai, uh, whatever however you say his name, Tikasai, uh, his uh, his win. Yeah, you can't see. It cost him his win, and not his win, yeah. but it cost him the it cost an opportunity to get a win. So it's yeah, it's frustrating. I think he might not have gotten yeah, the win anyways, but he might not have. He might not have. But it's yeah. it's frustrating, John. It's frustrating. Sure. I mean, I had I had, I had the very same similar experience with the ref also too one time. Just yeah, that man. dude's an asshole though. <laughs> they let the egos get in the way, man. These refs, man, yeah. they got big egos. What wow, wow. <laughs> I'm never ever trying to help you again. <laughs> <laughs> wow so you so you made it all about you huh you made it all about you <laughs> I did i try to help you? you did i try to help you <laughs> uh so long ago i can't recall i mean the cte uh, i can understand and all that. this other yeah. stuff Oof. uh but well, overall um, headbutt yeah <laughs> probably still shaking the cobwebs <laughs> off uh, all right, but hey guys, this is the, this is our mid show read. We got onlyfans.com slash weighing in. Like I said earlier, you can subscribe to us for free. We've got about 500 subscribers over there doing a little extra content. I should have done more drops this weekend on the OnlyFans account while I was in San Diego, taking in the sun, a little overcast, a little cold at night, uh, a lot of homelessness out there. And, uh, but there's plenty of talent when you're looking around. Plenty of talent when you're looking around. San Diego does it right, man. San Diego does it right. So, but go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. We're trying to get more athletes to subscribe or be, or put their platforms on OnlyFans because there's opportunities for them to make money. Your favorite fighter, your favorite athlete will be on OnlyFans. You can actually approach them, try to get them to send you videos based off of whatever techniques you're looking for, whether it be kickboxing, boxing, uh, jiu-jitsu wrestling all of those things can be available on onlyfans.com slash weighing in but go ahead and subscribe to us over there for free check out your other fighters some of your favorite fighters on there as well so mvp's on there chris cyborg's on there uh aj mckee is on there luke rockhold's on there uh you know there's other fighters on there as well you got Paige van zant she's on there austin vanniford he's they kind of share their own site together which is kind of a cool little thing that they do but uh yeah check it all out um You've got Formula One Racing on there. They sponsor a lot of MMA uh, productions, a lot of the smaller shows. Yeah. They also sponsor yeah. Bare Knuckle Fighting. So they're really trying yep. to get into this combat sports market. Let's try to help them do that. Follow, Head over to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. It is free. All right, guys. Uh, what else you, you got brought up day? MVP. Hold on. You yeah. brought up MVP. And did yes, you I notice did. that the UFC put MVP on the tube? <laughs> did you see nah. that? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't oh, see he was that. at the fights, and they definitely put him on the tube, Ooh. which tells you what? Hmm. There is an interest. Of course there Big is. Big time interest. And they of said. Of course there is. One of the big free agents out there right now, Michael Venom Page. Is that what they said? For all the P for all the P that's what they said. Wow. Man, they're right. They're right. I mean, he he's he he's only a shitty fighter until he signs with the UFC. Now all of a sudden he'll be Exactly. Two, that's exactly roster. what I was thinking. It's gonna be great. I love that. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I hope I hope they don't do him dirty though and just give him a straight wrestler. You know, uh, but it is nah, what it is. The fight to give him come on, if they're gonna do it, man, you've oh, got to way. put it. Him and Stephen Thompson together would be just fucking gold. It That's would. a fight that oh, we, how long have we talked about that fight? Saying if we could, if we could cross promotion and match things, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? yeah. One of my so fa- all time favorite over fights there, that I, could happen. Yeah. I'm hoping to see him. I'm hoping to see it happen. If he does go over there, I'm hoping to see him fight Stephen Thompson for his first fight. And I think I think stylistically, people just don't understand how difficult he is to deal with. So um, his speed, his reach, all of those things are going to be a problem. So we're going to find out, though. We'll see where he ends up. Who knows? He may end up going over to PFL. He may end up going over to one. I think I think he's going to go. I honestly he's think not, he's either going to stay with Bellator or he's, going to go, or, or he's going to go to the UFC. One of the two. Yeah, that's, that's about what so. I agree. I would think. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think he's going to go to we'll the PFL. That. I don't think he's going to go. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to PFL. I don't think he'll go to one. But uh, if he does, good for him. Go where the money is, man. At 36 years old, you, you know, you want to you get that bag. You know, whatever that bag, whatever the bag is, the heaviest is the one that I'm taking. That's it. So good for there good for go. him. Good for him. Yep. Well, uh, what Absolutely. else you got? You got something for us right here. You got Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Now that Umar Nurmagomedov, my old teammate or my teammate, or my friend, is had to pull out. He I, he posted the video already of him sparring, showing the shoulder separation. Um, I haven't heard any words yet on whether he's going to need surgery or if he's going to need rehab. But the way that it pulled out like that, I feel like he's going to need surgery. It's probably a nice little slap tear in the labrum, something small, but it's going to take time to get that thing healed up. So you're going to have to actually take, have the surgery, go through the therapy, come back. So good for him and uh, to get him all right and get him ready to come back and hopefully fight maybe the winner of this fight or, you know, somebody else. He'll be back in about probably, I'd say, between four to six months. I say four to six months. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I mean, more- I. More no. than four months. No, no, no. I mean, I fought Gilbert five months after I had my shoulder surgery. Five months, the first time we fought. So it can be done, especially with him. He's young. He's still, what, 26? 26, I think he's 26, 27. 27 he can do it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I was I was 29, I think, when that happened. Uh, but no, man. this is this to me, you, what do you think of this fight? The Corey Sanhagen-Rob Font fight? You know, every everybody I know that ever works out with Corey Sanhagen goes, he's a lot fucking faster than I thought. <laughs> so I do I think that Rob's gonna be fa- I don't think Rob's faster Got I'm not it. saying that he's slower but he's not faster and Sanhagen is exactly what you're saying I think as things start to build up almost like what happened with Chito Vera it's just that he started to you know diminish based upon the shots that he's taken and Sanhagen is a freak when you take a look at and, and Rob's not a small guy, mm-hmm. but at 135, the length of Sanhagen and what he can do, dude's good. You know, he doesn't get enough credit for how good he really is. And so, you know, it's a good fight. It's just not one that I personally I look at. I look at Rob Font and I go, that's a hard matchup for you, yeah. in my opinion. Especially on short notice. Yeah. Especially on short notice. I mean, like I guess you could look at it the other way, though, too. There's kind of a lot of pressure is off. Like, look, I can get as much camp in as I can for the next two weeks and just come in or next week and a half and just come in and do the best I can. I just get I get a little I'm a little cautious about fights like this because Sanhagen is definitely was preparing for someone who had good striking, some wrestling involvement and stuff like that. But he was mentally prepared for that that mountain that everyone was afraid to climb on, you know, with fighting Umar, they mentally, he was like, Hey, look, this is going to be probably one of my toughest fights. There's not enough information about him. You know, he's got the last name. It's all these little things that people were piling on. Yeah. You're fighting that guy. Now you're going to Rob font. And I think he's just going to feel a little bit more relaxed out there. Like, Hey, this guy, I do everything this guy does. And I feel like I do it better. All of it. Yeah. So we're going to see, but you never know, man, Rob's got some power. You know, he's uh, he's a very he's very good. He's mainly boxing centric. Boxer. So, yeah, mainly yes. boxing. 
but he's going to have to get in close. So was Corey to at a time. Away. Yeah. yeah. At a time, Corey knees. was more. He's oh, got good dude. knees and he's, he's got, got good elbows. He's got good kicks now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And on the ground, this is not even close. I mean, Corey's the better fighter on the ground, too. So it's yeah. going to be, it, it'll be an interesting fight. I'm actually, I'm actually. Kind of looking forward to seeing it because I think I think Rob's going to kind of prove me wrong a little bit. It's going to be more of a contested fight than I think. We'll see. Looking okay. forward to All it. All right, well then, what do you got? That's Let's look at the next yeah. next fight. Uh, reported fight, not official yet, but we're getting word that uh, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington will uh, square off in Madison Square Garden on in November, November 11th, to be exact. All right, well. Whatever, <laughs> like this. This, I mean, <laughs> we've been we've been waiting long enough for this fight to be I'll announced. Wait, I mean, it got. Yeah, How long can you it, wait? It got to the point where Islam was calling him out, going, "Hey, if you're not going to fight, like, let me get in there." So, look, I think I think this is going to be a good fight. And the other thing is that Leon doesn't have to change anything he's been doing. He's training for a wrestler. He stays training for a wrestler. He's just going to keep getting better training for a wrestler, and then he's going to go out there and. I mean, like you said, the confidence of him being the champion now, believing in himself, understanding that, like, man, I'm this much, I'm ten five percent better, or I'm ten percent better, or twenty percent better, whatever it is. I mean, I'm a believer. I'm a believer, man. He's talented. He's good. He knows. I don't think he's going to be sleeping on what he's what he's good at. He's going to go out there. He's constantly trying to make himself better. Since the first time I trained with him back at AK a long, long time ago, how much better he's gotten all the way around. You know, and um, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's funny, John, that I didn't know who the hell he was when he came into AK and I was like sparring with him and I was like, and I was like, man, I'm hitting this dude and he's hitting me. I'm like, man, I was like, dude, you're fucking fast. Who are you? Who is this guy? But damn, then I realized like who he was shortly after, but um, I didn't know who he was when he came in, right, whatever, you know, and then, yeah, then I see him, you know, fighting in the OC and do it. I'm like, damn. This kid's good. He's got something. So um, I'm happy for him, man. All of his success. And he couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. He's a nice guy. You know, he's he a is really a nice guy. guy. So that, that's one of the him. things. He's one of the, ni- he's one of the nice guys in the sport. He's just a class act. He's a good person. And uh, you, you wish him the best. But he's, he's going to have his you know, hands full against Colby. Colby uh, Colby's got, you know, he's got an engine. And, man, he can push the pace and... He's going to try to to wrestle him. He's going to try to put him down. I don't think that Leon is going to be as easy to take down as Colby's going to think that he is. I also think, though, too, is that Colby, he, he hasn't changed at all in his stand-up. He dips his head to the one side every single time when he throws his jab. He dips his head when he throws his right hand. Um, I'm surprised a lot of the guys that he's fought. I know that the pressure, the tenacity he brings and the grind, that like, grind mentality of getting in your face and making you fight off your back foot. But I think Leon is now good enough at stuff and takedowns and getting back up to his feet. And then on top of that, he's just leaps and bounds faster and better than him on the, on the feet. And just, I yeah. think, I feel like Leon's going to have a little recipe for him when it comes to the uppercuts, knees, push kicks up the middle. I don't know what it's going to be, but... The hand speed of Leon mixed in with the kicks and then the ability to potentially take Colby down too, put Colby on his back. How is Colby getting good? Uh, is How is Colby getting off of his own back? How is he? I haven't, I mean, like when I, when he got taken down against uh, Usman, there wasn't a lot of getting up. You know, we've seen that, that um, we've seen that Leon, Leon can get takedowns. He can get takedowns. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes Colby down. At least once or twice in this fight, it's funny because everyone called me an idiot saying that I when I said that that Leon was going to potentially take down Usman, and first thing he did was yeah. take him down in that first round, and I was like, oh wow, shit, woo, damn, Thompson's on a roll. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm finally glad that they're they have a date kind of in mind, and hopefully they officially announce this fight here soon because. Colby been sitting on the side just talking trash. I want to see him fight. No, oh, they need this fight. I like watching. I like watching them fight. They need to fight. They need yeah. this fight. So in the same in the same breath, um, here comes Dave. Colby's saying he's that chiming they, in because Colby's here he's comes Colby's here comes fan. Colby's number one propaganda <laughs> master here. Oh yeah, come uh, on, Dave. Colby's saying the reason he's been on the side is because Poirier and 
Chimaev turned down fights against him. So why is he trying uh, to get like a fight with Poirier? You know why he's trying to get a fight with Poirier? No, he's a 170 pound fighter. Dustin Poirier is a 155 pound fighter. Why are you going after someone that's not even your weight class? Hey, John, John, last Stupid. time I told you about someone. Someone Stupid. coming down in weight. I was totally right. Okay, Paul Craig just had an amazing performance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. Col Colby. Let's see Colby Covington get down to one fifty-five. Then yeah. he, he'd easily do that. You know that. He's talked about. He's, he's talked about it. He's talked about it. He has. He uh, has. He's a small seventy pounder. I don't think he'll do it. He's not a small seventy pounder. That is. He that's is a good weight class for him, and he should not Dave, drop down. Dave, but Dave, you. You were good. You you were you were on point with the Paul Craig thing. Let's not push it, buddy. Let's just not push it. Stay in your lane. Stick with the Scottish guys. Okay. Stick with the Scottish guys. I know you guys have like these like little cans you guys probably talk into to, to talk to each other still over there. Do you even have string. cell phones and phones over there? The string? Or are you guys still doing the talk to can shit? Is that what you guys do over there in that third world country? It's like, hey, if it works, it, it works. works. It works. Hey, you always say if it works, yeah. it works. And if, don't and if there's one broke. thing I know. Chimaev is not ducking Colby. So we can't what, make 70. Yeah, he can't make 70. What's that? He oh, now it's the Chimaev can't make 70. He's ducking him. Colby ain't yeah, caught. Part, but the Colby sitting there Col saying that, Colby oh, Chimaev turned him down. Bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> Bullshit. I, I, Colby's not going to 85. <laughs> I, I just don't. Oh, now I don't we think... can't go to 185. I don't think it's Chimaev. okay. It's okay that Colby <laughs> calls out a lightweight uh, that wants to right. fight there, but now it's oh he Colby shouldn't have to go down. to one eighty five. He can go. He can Colby call can him go up he can too. Go down. Colby can go up. Why can't Colby Party go? Can go Colby up can too. definitely go up. Hmm. No, he's too small. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I, lo I love Dave. Dave is the biggest. Uh, he's the bi guys. Yeah. He is the biggest advantage. troll ever. Because. Podcast Davis. Chimaev already screwed in it. Diaz fight by going by coming in at like freaking two hundred pounds at a seventy fight. There was a guy in World War Two named Goebbels who was a propaganda oh, master. Man. You have definitely <laughs> taken his oh man his course. Oh jeez. Oh man. All right. Let, what's the next fight? What else you got for us? All right. Next news story here. Uh, Paddy Pimblett was asked about the. Earlier to Puria fight, he was asked there was Josh Emmett. He was asked about the performance here, and um, Paddy kind of went off saying that like, how could you not beat this old guy? Uh, Josh is like almost forty. Uh, that wasn't a good performance. Blah blah blah. And uh, now Josh Emmett is far back saying he would go up to lightweight for a uh, late for for that fight against Paddy uh, retirement fight as well. He's saying so. What do you think about that kind of fight? Is Paddy right in saying that that wasn't a good performance? Let's get some thoughts. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think Pat I, I think Patty's got to dial it back until he fights again. Like you don't have you don't have an opponent lined up. You didn't have a you didn't have a great last fight. Like there's times you got to kind of just dial it back a little bit. Whatever though. But hey, a little bit. People love him because he he is brash. He does talk, and you know he's he 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 fights. He does fight. It just his last fight wasn't a great performance against someone that majority of people thought he lost, and. Um, Josh Emmett is a different level than his last opponent. It's yeah, it's just a I, fact. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, I, I like Patty. I think he's fun to watch. I think he he is a good fighter. He's a good, you know, but he's got big holes in his game too. Things that he has to shore up when you're gonna move up against guys that have been in there against some of the very best. And I'm gonna just as easy as I can say it. You take a look at both of their uh, resumes; they don't match up. Not even close. And uh, Josh Josh Emmett uh, for Patty Pimlet, if he did go up to one fifty five, wouldn't affect him at all. Mm -mm. And might actually even help. Be careful him. which might actually even yep, help him. Sometimes, sometimes you be careful what you might be wishing for. That might be a bad nightmare. He wouldn't take that fight though, John. And the UFC wouldn't offer him that fight because Josh is on his way out and Patty's on his way in, and they're really trying to make money with Patty. So the UFC is not going to offer him that fight. This is all just us just talking the news. This shit ain't ever going to happen, yep. guys. It's it's like us talking about you know MVP versus Stephen Thompson may actually happen now, but no, that one you know happen. for us to say other fighters you know to potentially cross over and fight each other, whether it be Bellator and PFL and one and UFC and. This shit ain't ever going to happen. 
So this this fight is not going to happen. They need to keep the Golden Goose, uh, Patty Pimlet, making him money. They're going to keep giving him the fights that will keep him uh, in the in the win column or try the best to give him fights to keep him in the win column. And uh, Josh Emmett is going to probably have a tough, hard fight next. And that might be his retirement fight or not. Whatever's up to him. But they're not they're not offering him Patty Pimlet. Let's just be honest, everybody. Yeah, I would I would think not. What else you got, Dave? All right, let's wrap up on this one. Uh, sorry, actually, before we let's do one more news story here. Um, Rampage Jackson saying he's going to come out of retirement to fight Daryl Schoonover. John, you know who that is from Tough, right? Yep. Well, I'm glad John knows who that, he is. That was, I never, I never, I don't know who the hell he was, is. If you go back to when uh, Rampage, he was coaching against. I want to say it was uh, Rashad, mm-hmm. and uh, they had heavyweights. Daryl uh, Daryl Schoonover was a guy that he nicknamed titties mm-hmm. and uh kind of tortured him and I, I i don't know i just look at this as you know if this is something first off why is rampage you know why is he going to be fighting <clears throat> we saw him in his, his last fight was against fedor you know he wasn't in mm-hmm. shape for that one I, I have seen that rampage has gotten himself back into fairly fairly good shape good for him but you know this fight I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, too. I know, just being honest, Daryl Schoonover is not a putz. The guy can fight. He may not look good, mm-hmm. but he can fight. Dave, look and, this guy up. Look this guy. And I'm I, telling you right. You know, I remember Titties. Quentin is, lost, I remember the, Quentin is slow. Yeah. I mean, I remember the name Titties. I remember that. Let me see this guy. Uh, let me see. Can you give me a better picture? He's 14. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You can see that he doesn't, you know, even through that picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him not, now. Yeah, I do remember him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. But he can fight. The guy's not a bad fighter. Yeah, yeah. he was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought uh, Jason uh, Jardine. Is that Jardine? No. Keith Jardine? Keith Jardine. Oh, I Jason. Did I say Jason? Jesus oh, Christ. Jesus. So. Oh man! Well, I guess we're gonna see. I don't know why he'd be fighting. I don't know why Quinn would be fighting, man. I mean, I don't either. You know, but we'll see. We'll Quinn's see. got that. What, I want to say, what is it? The what is it? United Fighting Federation or mm-hmm. something that he's part of now with uh, Frank Mir and Tito Ortiz. Ah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard. He's got some, something he's doing. So maybe he's trying mm-hmm. to get that fight done there. Good for them. Try to help build something there, but I don't know. It's hey, if you want to find ways to burn money really fast, start a fucking MMA promotion. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Hello. Man, when there was a moment where um when the UFC got rid of the fifty five pound division, you know, I had I had some money saved up from previous stuff and, and plus the money that I made from the UFC and stuff like that. And I was talking about starting, I was talking with, with uh Javier Mendez and Bob Cook about, you know, start a small little MMA promotion, you know, start see if I can build it and, you know, build it up and, and this and that. <laughs> and I was going to do shows in San Jose. Scott Coker calls oh, Javier and goes, he's not doing any shows in San Jose. <laughs> I was like, Scott Coker <laughs> sits me down and goes, look, I'll give you an option. You can sign with me when I start Strike Force, and I'll get, I'll keep you busy doing kickboxing fights. He's like, or you can just not sign with me. He's like, and I can just shut your promotion down every time you do a show. I'll do a show. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got it, buddy. I got it. I got it. Well, I'll sign see. with you. Hold He's on. Like, <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm going to think this over for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where's the contract? <laughs> and and he was he was paying me a lot. And that was kind of cool, which I liked about it. He was he was paying me almost starting off already paying me double what I was making in the UFC. You know, for those fights. And so that was considered a lot of money. And I was like, what am I going to do? Burn through all the money I already have to start a MMA promotion. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Just hoping for the best. You know, I knew Bob and Hobbit helped me, but it was, it was, it was going to be uphill battle from the get is what it was going to be <laughs> a lot of money out. So I'm anyways, all, I'm right. all for, I'm all for someone starting an MMA promotion. As long mm-hmm. as this was somebody else's money. <laughs> if it's yes. my friend, don't do it. <laughs> It wasn't going to be with someone else's money. It was going to be with my money. I was like, man, thank God I didn't do that. Because back then you had like 5.6, 5.7, you know, 5,600, 5,700 dollars mm-hmm. in the bank. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, what else? There's one more story. Uh, there's a little like, uh, yeah. there we go. What do you got Let's for do us? A fun video right here. Let's watch this fun oh. video. Audio listeners, you make sure you explain it to them. What's going on. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, promotion this is. I don't know what promotion it is. this is, but the guy comes out like and he's going to touch hands, doesn't touch hands, throws the head kick, and boom, it's over. Kind of a dick move to do, but. Yeah, but totally legal. Totally legal. And like no, I said, is, go ahead, John. So where you, you you tell guys, hey, when I when I say you know fight, when I tell you let's get it on, whatever the guy's gonna say, fight started. You want to go out and touch hands? That's on you. If he cracks you, don't sit there and complain. I started the fight. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so yeah, those of you guys watching uh-huh. on YouTube and those of you guys listening to us, but I mean, like I said earlier, you can see right there in the center of the canvas is OnlyFans. OnlyFans trying to really kind of make a splash into the MMA and combat sports arena, as well as Formula One racing, NASCAR also. Like, they're doing their best to try and get more sports active, so make sure you guys subscribe to us over at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. But yeah, this is a beautiful head kick, nice placement. The guy reaches out to touch hands, but also reaches out to block the kick, and it skirts right around it, and boom. But that's gonna wrap shin up our show. Shin to the chin. Shin to the chin. I like Rogan's when he said shin to the dome, but shin to the chin is also very good because that was actually to the, the chin. Much. That was very good, was. John. Wow. Look at you putting things to, together. You sure you're almost you're ready to be dropping some bars. Maybe you and Dave could start a band or something or a group or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we bounce out of here, I want you guys to go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our apparel there. WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our merch. It's available there, so check it out. See if there's anything you guys like. If you guys buy something, post a picture of you guys wearing it, and uh, we'd love and tag us on it. We'd love to repost and uh, share share that uh, you guys are supporting us. We want to thank you guys so much. And John, take us away, bud. Everyone out there, hope you enjoyed the UFC from London, and stay tuned for the next weighing in podcast, which will be coming soon. We'll see you.